bad. Has now been around for three seasons and coaches everywhere are saving time and being more efficient when it comes to scout cards. Coach Robinson from Texas says, the thing I most enjoy is the ease of access to all the scout cards and how I can draw on them if I need to make any changes. Every coach that uses it says that it is so great to use. If you and your staff are tired of the old ways of preparing and using scout cards, check out thecoachpad.com to start enjoying scout team and making the 2023 season better than ever. Um, I'm going to make this intro really short. Welcome back to another Gap episode of the Gap Downbacker podcast. Um, just because I enjoy talking to this man, that's why I wanted him on. Uh, Coach John Arnett, who um, is still at Pampa since the last time we talked, has taken right. over essentially play calling duties. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, since our last talk, I believe that's yes. it. You know, so uh, first time, uh, first off, thank you for having me back, man. I enjoy it every time. Um, and, and it's great to, to, to hopefully share some things with the coach community. Um, but yeah, you know, my, 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 when you first contacted me, I was working at a 6A school down in the Houston area. And, and then I, I moved up to, uh, the panhandle be closer to my father. And now I'm at 4A school in Texas, which is considered the, the biggest of the small schools. And last year I was able to, um, take the full reins of offensive coordinator, which was really interesting. It was the first time from a complete install to, to calling the plays on Friday night. It, the, the head coach, Cody Robinson, did a great job of allowing me um, to be me. You know what I'm saying? And, and so super learning experience too. To, um, you know, nothing, nothing can prepare you for, for new roles, especially as you – you have more duties than than actually just right there and, and going through it, you know. So that was first year. You you kind of always just try to, you know, I, 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 you feel like at times you're pretending, you know, because you don't want people to see through you that you're a fraud or anything like that. And so you work really hard to like do it better, um, you know, because it's, it's intimidating. You know, anybody like make sure anybody that's ever called plays on a Friday night can tell you like those people in the stands have no idea how much different it is, how, you know, and, and how much goes into it. Because, you know, when 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 we didn't score points in games, man, I took that personal because I mean, I'm not putting them in the, the best position to win. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's my job. And it's like, um. Man, it, it 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 reignited a uh, an entirely new candle of passion in me back for the game, you know, because I I've been just an offensive line coach for so long, you know, 17, 18 years straight O line coach. I'm O line through and through. One of those true OG guys that, you know, and it may have held me back. Most people are like, you need to coach everything. I'm an O line guy. That's what I do is coach O line. But uh, your, your focus and how you do things as an offensive line coach are a lot different than an offensive coordinator. And so um, great, great uh, baptism by fire of, of having to truly understand secondaries and passing schemes was tough for me this past year because it's, it's like a second language. You know what I'm saying? Like I can speak it. Like if I saw it on paper, I definitely know what it said. But then when you're trying to actually apply it and, and and have a conversation with someone you're like I hope that's right or whatever it's still my second language unlike run you know but um it's great it's it, you know 
and I know I'm just rambling here. I'm just trying to think of some of the things that as a uh, first time, as somebody that has experience coaching, pretty much 20 years coaching experience, but now having that new experience of like a, uh, um, you know, move up to one of the roles that on staffs, you know, coordinate, uh, coordinators and head coach, it's hierarchical on, on football staffs. You know what I'm saying? Kind of everything's set up military. So being up there um, has a lot of different challenges. It really does in the position. So I know tying it back around, I know I'm rambling, but I hope someone gets something out of anything I say, because, you know, you, you always wish someone would have <laughs> told you some things, you know? Well, I, I know. And the, and I had that conversation with a buddy of mine the other day. He is a longtime head coach. Um, he's now just coaching middle school because his son's in middle school. And yeah. it's time for change. But we, we had that conversation. If you don't know what you don't know, until you experience it, really. Because, like, he, he, we, talked, we talked a little bit about how playoffs, him and his O-line coach, I've had, I've had both of them on, and they both talk about they there's – the playoffs taught them a lot because there's a lot of things they didn't see to the playoffs. And even if they saw it beforehand, they usually have better talent. So they kind of didn't know what their weaknesses were, what they needed to prepare for. And it's kind of the same time you coordinate. Like I remember my first year coordinating a defense or the first time I called an offense two years ago as a head coach, like you don't know what you don't know. Um, and there's a lot of things you might know if you saw a picture of it, but seeing it applied or seeing like, can you point coverages like, I know what man coverage or two read looks like, but now seeing all that work in at the same right. time and like, there's a lot that goes into it. Like what, what did you, and you kind of took a little bit, said a little bit right there, but what were the kind of the main points? Like, Oh, I need to go this off season and learn like, or work on right. being prepared for X, Y, Z. What, what was your kind of after this year? Like, Hey, this is what I need to, mentally or go talk to somebody about or prep for for sure so you know that's the more and more you know and coaches that are in it there's no such thing as off season or anything like that there's such different phases you know and, and immediately after the football season um and these are things again that i i am always trying to find ways to improve and and there's probably better ways and in, in big time important on it is being meticulous about self-scout at the end of the season. And um, so that's where I start, you know, because if something didn't produce, I think it's an, it's a cheap out to say, well, that kid wasn't a good receiver. It'd be like, he was the best we got. We got to find a way to get it produced. You can't blame kids on stuff. So then, um, and, and in a process like this is why I went to a, uh, even before I was OC, I shifted to wide zone. I was looking at run game. It's like, if it's not producing, then, it, then you maybe probably need to change or you don't understand it, right? So that's where I started. And, and one of the things that, that I went through is now I start um, getting on, on the YouTube. But in, in, and, you know, there's great deals like, like your stuff that you always put out and all the clinic stuff is unbelievable. And um, being able to just watch like all 22 films and stuff, and then try to try to kind of uh, you know find the things that are going to bring up the deficiencies that you saw in your self scout, yeah. and then you know you, you know you're evaluating your your personnel, you know because I think really winning, and I think when you look at 
head coaches especially because they really have to do this. Like I can't imagine when your your first job uh, job as a head coach, like all the different things. Because I hear about it and it's like I know nothing prepares you for that. But um, you know the most important thing is just being meticulously organized and communicating things from the top down. So if you evaluate all the factors that that lead to winning or lead to producing, like I think it, I sit there and and have sat down and been like, so what you know what has a kid? Well, you know, confidence helps, right? So I'll just write down confidence. Um, but yeah, you know, sitting down and, uh, and again, I know I get long winded, but self-evaluating, look at what my deficiency are, look at every variable I can think of that either led to success or led to, um, you know, not being efficient on a play. And it's like, it, you know, is it being drilled? Is it something we're doing? Blah, 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 blah. So once I've got some some main ideas, uh, then like this past spring, what we did is we would meet um, once every other week at 6 a.m., even early February, stuff like that, and, and talked about some of the things that we wanted to do different. And then once we had an idea, because, um, you know, you, you, you got to fit things around getting the ball in playmakers' hands. And that the most important thing is production on offense. So everything has to be geared towards production and keeping that in a, you know, you have to be very detailed oriented, but on a, on a scale that you're stepped back and seeing a lot of big picture stuff, because you got to know where everything's going to fit in there. And I think that's why it's hard for me to not ramble because there's all these little pieces that are all tied together that are important that, um, you want to say because it's it's all about meticulousness and consistency. You know, it's like that Bill Belichick quote. Um, you know, consistency beats de uh, well, no dependability beats uh, ability every time. You know, and it's like that's such the big thing is is being dependable and, and you know doing your job to the best of your ability, you know, everything that you can do, do it. And, and, and it's not always X's and O's getting young athletes to produce is the most important thing about it. Even if you're not 100% good on technique and stuff of specific stuff, if you can convince that kid that you do like, you're going to get him the best chance of success and make him feel confident and that that he knows he can get it done. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what it's about. Building those relationships because you've got to give a kid confidence and you have to have the ability for that kid to feel like he disappointed you to get true correction on stuff like that. You know, like as a parent, it's one of those parenting deals, you know, anger is always met with anger. If you, when your kids, when someone does something wrong, the, the best thing to do is to, to let them know, you know, well, this was disappointing. You know, it doesn't reflect who you are, um, but this behavior was disappointing. And I think it, doing that in coaching is, is super, super important, man. The more that you know, and that kid know y'all are on the same page and not against each other, the better.
you know, and, and, and so much more important than anything else. I've seen coaches and worked with coaches that if you were to talk X's and O's may not have been the best X O coach, but were great coaches because they got kids to perform. And that is all that matters is that, you know, you, you look back and, and, and people talk about Tebow a lot, you know, like, oh, he didn't have all these big numbers when he got to the NFL. The dude was producing those. And that was kind of a weird statistic. You know what I'm saying? That's all that matters. I, I don't care if you want eight for 22. Guess what? You win a football game. That's what matters. Like, I mean. That's it. If I got one more point than that dude on the other side of the field, I feel a lot better than when it's the other way around, you know? Like, you're, you're 100% right. And um, you are also 100% right that you have to find a way to get athletes the ball. And mm -hmm. it's, I mean, depend, whether you have one that's really, really good or four that are really, really good, you got to figure out how to spread the wealth and handle all that. Um, but continuing on from, like, I mean, those were obviously, that's how you evaluate if you want. Going into your first year, did you keep the same offense from the year before? Was Or was there small or major changes going in you taking over the offense? So, like, going into the first year, it, I'm not going to call it a, a late hire. It was more along the lines of I, I essentially uh, was able to step into the role, uh, and it was already made. And we had a couple of, of coaches, like the, the guy that was the prior OC uh, took a – job at uh, 6A San Angelo, which he, Caden Cook's a great coach. He does a good job there. So he left. Um, and we had a, a, another uh, coach, uh, uh, Zach Spears, went back to Gladewater. He's another great young coach. But, you know, things just happened where people moved off. So it was me, and then there was the the tied in assistant O-line coach. Quarterback coach wasn't there. The wide receiver coach wasn't there. And, it, and so it was kind of – funny because there's two O-line guys, me and Reed Bradley, I appreciate him too. I, I'm lucky I have a good staff. We just be out there trying to try to play big boys as much as we could in, in the passing game stuff. And um, then by that summer, we, we were able to hire people on. So I felt I didn't, I wanted to change things as minimally as possible. You know, I wanted to tie whatever they do know into, you know, and there were things this year, I ended up changing that I wouldn't last year because they, they understand the identity uh, better, if that makes sense right yeah. there, you know. And um, so it was wild, man. You know, you're trying to get all that and you're trying to set up a ready list and an install schedule. And then you start having to set up like, and like I said, Cody Robinson, my head coach is great, that he leaves me and Paul Veers, defense coordinator, he has us manage the position coaches because, and I'm a firm believer in that, hopefully one day I'll be a head coach. I can work through people and, and, and reach a lot more, man. And I think that's being a leader is being able to communicate a vision clearly and letting people know that it's not, it's not for you. It's for, for the good. Like, Hey, I'm saying these, we do these things. We act like this because this is all that it takes for us to be as successful as possible. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I think that's important communication because again, it, it goes to confidence. I'm so big on confidence and, and um, I kind of, kind of lost my track there, but I think I did, did that answer. Yes. No, you're good. No, like I, like I said, I was just curious, like, 
and obviously when the hire happens affects that tremendously like what you're able to change sure. will do and also again when you're able to get other staff there as well that kind of is also yeah. a huge factor as well um how i mean from say when you've worked for other ocs to how you chose to install stuff how did you was your timeline drastically different than say other people you've worked with did you think it was more accelerated was it about the same how did you approach say an install schedule or install process uh you know last year and and going through install install is one of the things i'm trying to to learn uh, as much as i can about right now because it is you know, what is the right practice you know do you know some coaches kind of go by the the theory of I'm going to throw it all at them real quick, see what sticks, and then come back around. And then, you you know, you could end up doing blocks, you know. And so I've, I've spent a lot of effort trying to do, you know, make it where installs better because it, it's tough, man. And, and it's frustrating as an OC when you're installing stuff and they're not executing it on the field. So, like, when I think back to last year's, I was doing it, and I think this is an important part. I was doing it the only way I had seen other people do it. You know what I'm saying? And so that doesn't, that wasn't me. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, when you're in any position, even like the position coach, if you're pulling the trigger on the actions that, uh, you know, directly lead to the outcome, you have got to make sure that you're you're confident in it. I mean, you know what I'm saying? You got to be confident in it. And you want to make sure that you've covered all your bases. And I don't know, that part I kind of got lost there. Sometimes it's, it's a stream of consciousness talking that I do sometimes. It's <laughs> not all, and the older I get, it gets there. And, and man, I feel like I'm very poignant and, and on to something and I'll be like, where were you going with that anyways as an oc yeah i changed it last year first one uh, i just i tried to throw it all out there and fast I, and i've reevaluated how i'm doing it and looking at doing blocks this year especially based around the identity you know and i think that's going to be a lot better is starting with who we are yeah. and building around that because that's that's how it's going to happen in the game and yeah. and and so that's where i'm at now on that now, now, continue with that. Obviously, the installing is one portion, and I think we're always all looking at better ways to install, kind of as you point out. Like, heck, I've seen, I don't know, like three or four different, I'll just use an example, air raid channels post install schedules and install stuff on their YouTube channels lately. Yep. And just because, like, hey, like, it's, and it's, and one of them was like, is an updated version because things change and you're figuring out what works best for your kids and the size of your school matters, as you know, like right. what you might be able to do there at Pampa. If you go back to Houston area and like at a severely big, big school, yeah. like yours installs might be completely opposite of each other just because of how many kids. Completely. Um, But the next part of it is the unfortunate fun part is the double-edged sword of play calling. Um, how did your play calling evolve as the year went on? Like, cause obviously I think play calling for most people is a repetition thing. It is, right. there's some people just naturally get it. 
and know it and like can see everything. Um, like the Lane Kiffins of the world who are the sons of coaches who've grown around up with dad watching film at the house since he was two. Um, right. There's others who've just never done it before or been around somebody that's been play calling and you're it's trial by fire. Like what works, what doesn't work, what works against people we play. Um, how, how did your play calling evolve as the year went on? Uh, you know, it's it's interesting because you, when we, when I look at our week one game plan, and I felt like uh, uh, the assistant coaches I talked about earlier really did a great job. We would do an opening script this this previous season, and we would try to script that out to to see different looks and see different things. We thought they'd be good plays or whatever, and um, you know sometimes you get off of it, but but I tried to always stick to that because of like some of the things bill walsh says when it, it, i think it's the score will take care of itself that book you know uh walsh uh freaking what was i talking where, oh yeah, yeah yeah i thought better on thursdays in meetings than sundays in games yeah and it goes back to you gotta you gotta do a um a game plan that you've worked all week. And so one of the things that at least going into next year, and one of the things that I started to grow on last year is like making sure indie drill work is purposeful for what's going on. Like, you know, no, I, I skipped off because you got to know what plays are going to produce. And so I paid more attention in, in practice film at, trying to really see is the what plays out of what looks were getting consistent yardage. And so I think that was one of the things that kind of helped me out with that because you learn nothing can substitute how much like you got to watch so much film. You really got to feel for it. You know what I'm saying? And it and it's the age of huddle and everything like that. What I found myself in this battle of of being data driven because I'm a science guy and then like like trying to not put it all in that you know what I'm saying and like it was interesting like you gotta you know you gotta look at it from a very backed off perspective so like usually during games I would be and, and I'll still do this, but this is just some, I had to go be way behind the defense one, cause I'm trying to get the widest field of vision, you know? And, uh, and two, I, 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 I talk too damn much. So I don't need to be around people anyways. I'm serious time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so like, I like to be by myself and it's like, you know, one of the things I got better at was making sure seeing, seeing what I saw on film, on the field, man, that'll make you a lot more confident. Like when you know, like, cause if you call to play um, early on, sometimes it's like spin the wheel. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh man, I hope this didn't work. So one of the things I learned uh, as the season went on also was again, and confidence is the theme in, in my mind. So it shows up in everything right now. Um, when I was confident, it was just like when I played, those would be the, the best games. So, um, the game that I felt like I called 
perhaps one of the best was when we played the Hartford deal. It seemed to all be clicking right. And, and it's one of those deals that it's finding the balance of, you know, feeling the atmosphere, feeling who's up, who's down, but not getting wrapped up in the emotion itself. Like, because, you, I mean, you got to know who's hot when they're hot. You got to know who's not when they're not. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's like, you, you got to... The, to me, when calling a play, the times I felt most confident is when I looked at all the situations that I thought would have happened and I, and I expected it and I had a plan for it. You know, that's one of the things this next year I, I, I want to be better at is, is making sure that uh, not only the opponent scout that we put in is very purposeful, but that we don't get drowned in it. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and so we can focus on getting the ball in our playmakers' hands in situations that give them the best chance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, it's a perfect coach. Like I said, it's a, and you know, like it's a, yeah, it's, as you do it, it becomes a lesson oriented thing and you got to find what fits for you. Kind of like right. out, like I mean, I was the same way my first year when I called offense. I just stood, I stood far away from people. Like I don't mm -hmm. want to hear much people talk. I want yeah. focus. Um, I don't want to hear, but like I need, I I don't need a lot from the press box. Like you give me the base level. Right. So speaking of that, I mean, how did you organize game day communication amongst your staff? Like I think that's an integral. And and how are you going to kind of do it going forward? Uh, you know. I want to, each year I can get more purposeful, like, because that would be uh, one of the things you learn is, is kind of what information is meaningful during the stuff. You know what I'm saying? Because, and so you get real specific is what I believe in. What I, what I've done uh, last year and in the past is I'll ask specific things that I want them to look at on like remember i was telling you about an opening script um, you know and, and I, I give these reminder sheets to everybody the ones that are upstairs and us coaches wise you know what i'm saying because it's like if if you can direct the people's and your staff's eyes and they can be disciplined enough to keep their eyes on what they're supposed to uh, and not watch the game then great things can start happening you know what i'm saying and and so that's one of the big things I, I, I believe in when it comes to press box communication is there doesn't, number one, there doesn't need to be a lot of chatter. Things need to be direct. They need to be points. And if you say it, mean it, don't guess. It'd be better just keep your mouth shut if, if you were going to guess on stuff. Um, don't talk about what's going on in the defense. I can't stand in between series offensively. When when I've been on status and I hear someone be like, "Oh, the defense did this," and be like, "I don't, I don't care." Like that is not going to help us get back out there. So in between series, I, I find it really important to talk about, "All right, what do we complete? What do we like right here? What are we noticing?" Because keeping people on task, it's the same thing that we you you have to uh, manage. You know, the position coaches in the same way that you manage the players, you, you set expectations and you, and you know, you hope you're doing best and stuff. And, 
every time you do it, you learn some things that you told them to do that wasn't a good idea, you know, and then others, it was a good one, but at least, and, and you said it earlier, doing things your way is the key. It, I know at the end of the day, I can sleep at night if I lost and I, I gave it a, a solid try and, and did it my way. Because if it's not my way, and I think people get caught up into this because they're scared to find their way, all they're doing, so, you know, hey, you get a playbook that you inherited from uh, the first staff you're on. You know how that stuff goes, right? Well, now all of a sudden they're running that, but they, at that point, they didn't, they didn't know all, you know what I'm saying? Like you have to run what fits you and you got to do things the way that, that fit you and make it your own. Because if not, you're not going to be as confident. <laughs> I mean, you know, you don't trust it. Like, I feel like my goal as an OC is to understand what I'm trying to do offensively so well that I can create high percentage situations of conversions and things yeah. like that. And so, you know, that's, it's tough. You got to manage everybody the same and, and, and you got to be purposeful with what you're hearing and stuff and be stoic. Like the word stoic is important to me because it's one of the old Greek philosopher disciplines or whatever. There should be no emotion at all. Emotion has nothing to do with calling that next play. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And, and so like you score a touchdown, it doesn't matter. It's time to get the PATX point field goal. You kick it, you know, now let's get ready for the next drive and, and, and keep your nose on the grindstone and, and grind it out because you look at the coaches that are the most successful. That's what they're able to do. You know, Nick Saban, Belichick, those guys that are considered the top, the, the, uh, the grind that those guys gladly embrace, it makes them special. You know, they would, they are going to get down and dirty and they're going to sit there and, and do and turn every stone over. And, and I couldn't do it. You know, I, you know, I sit there and I like, man, I want to be better and stuff like that. And I'm always trying to grow, but it's like, it's really impressive and you understand why top tier people end up right there because again it goes back to confidence and then dependability they're consistent you know that's trying to be a consistent coach in a, in an office is is i think the goal of every coach in an office you don't want to be the guy that lets down lets down a team i don't i mean i've said before i think on here the only reason i I coach is because I love being a part of a team and stuff like that. You know, that's, I, I, I thrive on it. So I, you know, I coach, I don't want to let people down, man. I want to do my part. It makes me feel good that, that I did it, you know, and, and, and I contributed and I had that, um, you know, I had that hand in it, you know, cause getting to compete is such, such a blessing in this profession. Like, like on Gruden's uh, a book, uh, I can't remember what it was called. He talks about the guy in the box factory. You know, the guy in the box factory doesn't get ready for game day, and and we do. And, uh, man, it's just a super blessing that all coaches have. That, that Man, we get, to, we get to compete still. And and when you don't work hard and you don't commit to that and you're not doing right every day, then – 
you know, you're not being good teammates. The coaches have to listen. Not that I work with anybody that does this. I'm just saying, man, everybody's got to be on that same page about stuff. And, and, and we're all lucky that we get to do this, you know, because it, it could be where we couldn't. No, you're 100% right. Now, I you, I want to hit on something you said there because, I mean, we, I think I think one of the big topics we've talked about is being you and do it your way. What is the John Arnett offensive philosophy? What is the do it your way philosophy? I don't necessarily need the, the schemes. Like that's I'm not I'm not like if you want to hit on scheme, it's perfect. Go right ahead. But if 100%. if you have, if I ask you what is the John Arnett offense going into this coming year or after you've done it for a year, your philosophy going forward, what is it? My mission statement. Yeah, man, I got that. Don't worry about that. I, <laughs> I, I think that was one of the first things I had to do was like, well, what am I going to be? Well, offensively, there are certain things that I can dictate. Okay, I control alignments because of where I line up on the field. I can control coverages because of how many people are on one side of the ball. I can control all that. Um, so I need to manipulate it. So I'm going to manipulate the things that I can. Well, we just talked about the first one. The first one is the field, right? I can create grass on the outside by reducing sets. I can create grass in the middle by expanding. Like I need to use every inch of that field because in the end, you know, you got about 11 defenders over there not about there's 11 defenders over there but in in i kind of have one that's a little different it's like the r4 r4 hit charts or something you know yeah. i look at that i believe what you know they got to cover 17 areas so if i can create space either horizontally or vertically by the alignment then I need to be taking advantage of that because it, it, it boils down. The next thing is I can take advantage of the cadence. I say when the ball is snapped, okay? I can go on quick, I can go on silent. I've got to be able to manipulate that because again, I'm in control of it. The, the, the tempo, so there'd be cadence on when it starts, but then the tempo, do I wanna get into a hurry up air raid deal? Do I wanna slow down? What do I have to do? I need to be able to manipulate that so she, that you should have tempos. And, and then um, you manipulate the last thing really offensively is that I know where the ball is inserting. And then like I talk about the hit chart deal, that goes hand in hand with that. Like when I'm calling something, it's because I need to take it advantage of something I saw an opponent scout. So most of the time that's a matchup. I need to attack the players that can't get it done. I need to try to attack them in the ways that they can't get it done. And and and, and there may be Nick Saban across the field, but in high school, there's a 16 year old kid on that field. And then it don't guarantee nothing. You don't know what they retain and stuff like that. So it's all about creating confusion in that kid. You know, hey, when coach, uh, they shifted to five wide, coach said this, then I had to do this. So again, now I'm dictating things. Um, and, and tying all that together, you, you can see, I believe in just 
like I even talked about earlier, I'm going to see what all the variables are that I can control. And then if I can control it, it has to become an advantage. So I'm going to do that and then get the best matchups possible. Put, put the ball in my dude that shows he's going to get the most point per play against their worst players. Because the more I can do that, I know I can be successful. And if you get kids confident, then you can you 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 can do a lot or a lot of great things. So most important thing is always starting out and 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 identifying and knowing those things that you can manipulate and use them. Make people think. Make a kid think. You know schemes, uh, freaking run schemes and all that. I think I've said this before on here. Those calculus. You know, like when you're talking about passing route combinations, when you're talking about run blocking schemes that kid that athlete has to understand a lot of variables in a very dynamic world like bombs are kind of figuratively going off they have to not only recall the information but plug and play it like a formula they've got to understand the formula just like if you were doing you know physics or or calculus plug all that in while it's going on you know what i'm saying and so it's like it's a lot harder than we can we can imagine so when you when you minimize uh the run schemes and pass combos to a point that you know you've attacked that whole field because you went up against that that hit chart you you've seen you put your plays on it you know you can take uh um, attack the whole field you know you're not being redundant in, in areas and now you you dress it up you know and so how do you do that again formations uh and and motions and all that stuff that's geography class you know that is just recalling information so you can you can gain an advantage and in the, the john art arnett offense i'm going to try to be as simple schematically as possible so and then dress up literally as diverse as possible as I can formationally and motion-wise because I want to teach kids the whys and, and what they're trying to accomplish for each play. And if they know it inside out like that, man, that's when you get good teams. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the deal. Okay. Now, I have two questions for you with the finish. One's football, one's not football. I'll start with non-football. We talked a little about this before we started, um, but I've I've had long hair twice in my life. Yes. Okay. Um, when I was like four or five years old, like pre-kindergarten, wow. uh, and then I had my senior high school. I made a very bad choice. Growing it out wasn't the bad choice. Bleaching it blonde was the bad choice. Um, one, uh, obviously, why? And we talked a little about this before we started. Right. Two, how do you get it to look so good? Because I'm considering growing out my hair again. And like, right. you're well done. Man, you know, like, it all started that, it, it, and it's obvious, you can see that my scalp up through it on the screen, like, my hair was getting pretty thin. You know what I'm saying? And, and I've never grown my hair out in my life. I've always been, you know, my dad's a Marine. We went high and tight, bro. Like, that is a number one fade <laughs> on the side and stuff has been, has been my uh, longest hair. And then I was like, you know what? If I'm gonna try it, I need to do it. And and man, I love it. And and I feel silly like around my wife sometimes with it because it's like I'm learning things about long hair that 
there's a lot of women out there and, and dudes that have long hair that just take for granted. Like they're like, duh, you know, cause I'll be like, you know, it gets a lot more tangly right after you wash it. And I didn't know that. And Chrissy's like, yeah, like obviously so, but I love it. And, and I call it the lion mane set lions mane. And, uh, you know, I, I don't see it changing anytime soon. You know, it, it, it's one of those deals that, um, it helps me feel like, um, I'm the best me and, and I'm confident with it. And, and, and man, confidence is everything, you know, gain confidence by being comfortable and preparing the best you can. Okay. Okay. Like I said, cause I considered growing it back out. Cause kind of like you mind still sure. thing pretty bad. Yeah. Like, cause I like, especially I like, if I haven't gone through a haircut, you can especially see it on the side. Like it just looks very thin compared to what it used to be. So right. like it's like also this off season I've started regrowing out the like since May the goatee like um which my wife hates but that's a whole other uh, right <laughs> that's a whole other issue um and the last question I'll ask you is um you obviously looked at a lot of stuff this past year like mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be anything of mine I'm this is not me plugging anything of mine but like is there anybody or anything that you've listened to because you mentioned the YouTube and doing the research especially on the install stuff stuff that's maybe like helped you or be like made you think like that, that doesn't have to be help it just like oh it created a thought for something else yeah, yeah, yeah. is there anybody you listen to or talk to that you're like hey that gave me some good ideas or hey maybe I should avoid that or be or you get my drift yeah I I, I would. I would say one of the biggest things for me, man, is I'm real lucky. I have uh, uh, several friends um, that I coached either with or, or around down there on the coast on uh, that. We got a group text and, and a bunch of good coaches that, that are willing to share and have access to a, a lot of different film and stuff, man. And it, it's always looking at things and, and dissecting them and stuff like that it, 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 that makes you understand it so it's like I've been real lucky to have that and other than that uh that being the biggest thing that I, I feel like I've I gained outside you know like when I'm learning um I really like what some of the um cats like uh who is it Dan Casey does on Twitter and stuff like that like breaking it down like um, you know, some people are trying to do it for the clout, the wrong reasons, but it seems like several of those guys are doing some things on the right. And it's always, you know, being good to, to expose myself to, uh, uh, more of that information and see things. And it sparked a lot of deals. Um, you know, so I think that that's one of the things I, I appreciate the most is not necessarily in one particular um, I know Zach Bass uh, down there at Harden Jefferson. He 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 gives me a lot of good advice, and and he don't really post post much online, but he does a good job on on that stuff. And and I, I'm uh, friends with Kaduti, and and that guy's unbelievable, unbelievable, um, amazing coach. And and you know, it's just getting information. So it's like the best uh, social media or the best information out there to make you a better coach is this stuff like you said that you weren't it's not even directly what you take from it but which sparks thoughts right there you know what i'm saying yeah no 100 like so that i mean yeah coaches um one i'll link a bunch of his other stuff that he's done with me in the bio like he has a great inside zone presentation that he did 
God, was that three years? Three years. Ago. We've been friends now for for a while, man. It was. Oh it was God! My dad, COVID, I think, is the first time yeah. I was looking to come on. Yeah, so three years ago. So there's there's all that. Um, he's been on our stuff too, like Coach Steve. He's been on with Coach Steve several times. Like you could, if you just type John Arnett into YouTube, you're gonna find some good stuff. Um, and not and and I'm, and we didn't have this conversation. It's not just football either. There's great life stuff. I mean, he's a chemistry teacher. I mean, we spent 20 minutes talking about family and our stuff before we even started. So um, follow him on Twitter. Um, he's always got good stuff on there, too. I, I think I liked something earlier today about, uh, like, how do you make an O-line coach happy in four words? And I think you put, like, wide zone scored 60 or something like yeah, that. Exactly. So just like that. Um, so give him a follow, like, share, subscribe, all that lovely jazz. Um, check out um, our sponsor, Coach Pad. Um, otherwise that's another episode of the gap down backer podcast.